Welcome to CO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to sit down with small cap executives, talk about what's going on at their companies. With us today, he needs no introduction. Steve McCauley, CEO of Empire Clinics, trades in Canada under, C, under CBDT for our friends of the US, EPWCF, and for our friends in Frankfurt, uh, in, in Europe and Germany, 8EC. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen you, Steve. Glad to have you back. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I think I think the last time we uh, were together, we were doing a little stroll around the, uh, the upper levels of the hotel in Toronto um, in a in a bit of an interesting format. That I thought was was very good, very natural. So yeah, glad to be back on again and uh, to reach out to everybody and uh, provide some good updates. This is um, this is our first interview since the grand opening in Etobicoke that you unfortunately. Couldn't be there uh, yeah. because you took some illness precautions on for everybody else's sake. Let's talk about that first. I was there. It was fantastic for all the shareholders who are, and there's too many for me to name them all off right now, but who showed up as far as Ottawa. Um, it was unbelievable. What kind of feedback did you get? Because you had shareholders there, partners. I mean, you had the president of Rexall, president of MDX. Uh, you had government ministers there. So let's kind of go through those constituents uh, and the kind of feedback you got from from that day and what you've heard since then. Well, I mean, it, it was tremendous. And, and thank you for joining us and, and being an active participant, um, you know, sharing videos and, and photos. Um, it was really, really a great day. Um, I'm very proud of uh, our team for putting together the type of event with the type of professionalism that that, you know, I'm always looking for. Uh, I thought it was it was run well. The the weather turned out to be nice. The 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 formalities of the ribbon cutting ceremony were great, and the feedback from participants and shareholders was tremendous. I was getting it on text messages and WhatsApps and emails and photos being sent to me. Um, the fact that we are getting visibility with the ministries um, and having literally representation from Premier Doug Ford's office. Uh, I think it was Minister Parm Gill who was able to attend, is really a statement, in my opinion, is we've been working very hard on, you know, positioning ourselves from a government affairs perspective, you know, in the province of Ontario, because we want to be a big, visible player, you know, in Ontario and with the ministry. And we're going to spend literally tens of millions of dollars over the next five years um, supporting healthcare and supporting patients in the markets that we serve, starting with the province of Ontario. So I don't think it could have gone any better. We had great support. I think people enjoyed seeing the brand. And when they entered the clinics and, and saw, you know, the professional standards that we're building to, uh, to see you know, Medex Health uh, demonstrating their the pilot of the teledermatology system, and having Dr. Champagne there uh, as as a dermatologist on hand, I think it made it very real for our followers and very tangible. That and they've never doubted it, but seeing is believing. Yeah. touching and feeling, uh, you know, the, the product actually got delivered makes yes. such a big difference in everyone's perceptions. Not that anyone thought, I don't know if Steve's actually had to go ahead at these clinics, but. I got to tell you, it was it was fantastic to actually. And by the way, it was unfortunate and a disappointment that you couldn't be there for reasons out of your control. But you know what I thought about afterwards? I said to some people, I go, look, Steve wasn't there, 
and the thing ran like clockwork. And I thought that was a great, uh, that was a great sign for all shareholders because yeah. you can be there and it didn't skip a beat, which means oh. you've done a fantastic job of building a team capable of executing uh, and, and that's huge because too many small cap companies are in a position that they have to rely on George of yeah. George Com until they get to a certain position. Yeah. And that's a real risk. So I thought that it was is. real good. It is. And, and it, it is a testament to the team. Um, they, they are leaders in their own right. Um, Tenzin, my chief of staff, was there and uh, Tamara. Um, that a lot of people know on investor relations. Um, uh, Mario and Roberto from Metasure were uh, in attendance. They were great. Um, we had a great and, and Drs. Jordan and Dr. Aviv, of course, leading the Medi Collective. Superstar. Um, they did their job. You know, I mean, this is what we're all here to do. And um, you know, I need to rely on putting you know great people in the right positions, and then get out of their way and let them do what they're supposed to do. And and that's what we are you know, having good fortune to, to sort of really put in place, some of it by acquisition, some of it by hiring, uh, but really that organizational development is one of the most important aspects that I work on all the time. Because if we're going to become that future company that we want to be, yeah. I've got to get great people in the right positions, doing the right job with the right sense of motivation and and involvement and i think we're doing it and no it showed steve i got yeah. it showed like everybody who whoever from tenzin to tamara to the doctors uh to love the metasure brothers uh everybody just did an amazing job hitting it out of the park at the at, at the <clears> thing <throat> they're responsible for by the way it was also a pretty big deal to see we didn't talk about this but you know to see the president of rexall canada there uh, and, right his, and his executive team. at the ribbon cutting ceremony and right exactly what did that mean what did that mean to you and what does that do to further the relationship with a partner like that we've got many partners in the farms on the pharmaceutical yeah side. i mean i think that you know really was such an important demonstration of just how far we're taking this um it is not lost on me how important if if Nick Caprio, president of Rexall Canada, very large organization, very prominent in the pharmacy space and healthcare space, will take the time to attend that ceremony along with bringing his executive team members, really for me is what we'd hoped for from the beginning, that we could demonstrate to a great partner like that, as a, as a small cap up and coming company in the healthcare sector, that we deserve to garner that type of attention. Um, yeah. We're demonstrating that we can take our assets and our investment dollars and utilize them accordingly and deliver a product. And now that's a product that will live for as long as we want it to live. That clinic, the physicians, uh, the, that particular postcode and community that we will serve together with Rexall um, will, will be a tremendous asset, you know, for us and our public company in the future. It's tangible now, right? Like it's rolling, it's tangible. We're seeing patients every day. As we see patients, we generate revenue. And that just repeats itself every day of the week over and over and over again. What we're doing though, is we're doing it at scale. 
through continued organic growth in the new openings that are happening right now, the new builds, the pipeline that we have, and we also have the acquisitions that we strategically place in there and bring that into the brand also. Would it be an overreach? But I got to ask, by the way, because funny thing is we talk about this with the shareholders and they say, we love your interviews because you always <laughs> ask the questions that we were thinking of. And I tell her when I put on my shareholder hat, right? Yeah. Would it be safe to assume or would it be an overreach to say that Nick Caprio seeing, seeing in action the launch does that how, how that accelerate the accelerates the relationship and and more importantly accelerates the hey let's do more together because if you yeah. can deliver this I want to see this everywhere uh, that's my assumption but I don't want to put words in your mouth you tell me what that did for the relationship yeah you're you're exactly you're exactly right you know this is a really like a public demonstration of the of the strength of the partnership and the fact that we can deliver and execute um, as we said that we would. <clears throat> and it, it really starts to open the floodgates for us with a great partner like that. <clears throat> there are many more opportunities in the Ontario market. Um, we've already talked extensively with them about the Alberta market because the Alberta market is very important to Rexall. So I would anticipate in 2022 to see an accelerated pipeline with them uh, along with the other national groups that you know we're all already working with. So I think it bodes well um, that I think that their confidence with us um, is at an all-time high. And uh, we can see them saying, okay, if this is what the professional standard looks like, and we see it over and over and over again with this national brand, imagine what this does for Run all the communities where we serve patients um, under the Rexall banner that we can now add to that delivery of care to improve the delivery of care to patients together, but then also accelerate their business model in that postcode and that community. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's why I saw it. I'm glad you confirmed it because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. By the way, so you can be there. Not everyone else could be there, but there's more to come. So uh, yeah. What are the Much next more to come? What are what are the next couple of launches where we're actually going to be able to see you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I so we we still have uh, I think next one coming up. We just did Mississauga. Uh, uh, I think London, Ontario's on deck next. Uh, we've got Etobicoke Lakeshore before year end, and I believe you're we coming have, in for those. So I anticipate coming in for London and for uh, the big flagship location at Etobicoke Lakeshore. So between now and year end, um, the exact dates, uh, I don't have on the top of my head, but I know London is, 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 is really, really coming along very soon. I think the doctors are targeting December 15th for Etobicoke Lakeshore. Um, and when we do like opening of clinic and sort of the ribbon cutting ceremony don't have to you know, tie in you know, exactly to the same day. Of course. Um, but I, I definitely anticipate those two big locations because they're so important. These are 3,000, 3,500 square foot facilities, a lot of medical doctors and practitioners, um, really, you know, state-of-the-art build, you know, really, and I, I'd like to say, I'm referring to them as sort of flagship locations because um, they, they really are going to be important for those communities. 
All right, so we're going to see you potentially November for London and uh, London, and then uh, mid December for right. Etobicoke Lakeshore. Yep. So for sure, for sure, we're going to be seeing each other again, and it'll yeah. be great to have. As for all the people who couldn't show up the first time, this is your chance to show up the second time. And for anyone who's there the first time, come to Etobicoke Lakeshore. Come, come, come back and, and join come us again. Back, right? Why not? Yeah. Right now, and this time, well, with you being there, I think that's going to make an even bigger difference. You being there everyone having access to you. I mean, we'll, we'll do a town hall, right? If I, and I'm saying off the top of my head spontaneously, but <laughs> we'll do a town hall shareholders meeting while we're there. Hey, yeah, listen, you know, you know, give, give me a, um, a podium and a microphone and, uh, and let's, let's get at it. We'll, we'll definitely take, uh, take the questions and, and, you know, enjoy the interaction, right? We've, we've got a lot to share. We've got a, we've done a lot of tremendous, you know, work, um, we've got one heck of a 2022 lining up, um, and you know, the tangibility of these openings and having doctors in place and seeing patients is a direct correlation to new revenues. Um, you know, there's, there's no lag time in this. That's one of the, the neat things about what we're doing is when, when we go live, we start billing and, uh, and that translates into immediate, you know, cash flows for, for the overall public company. So as of now, you've got five clinics operational, seven in development and construction. That's 12. Yep. In acquisition, eight. And we'll talk about those two. Yep. Two groups, a, total of eight. So that pipeline of 20. 21. That uh, sounds about right. So yeah, we, we see the 20 very clearly right now. That uh, sort of, you know, five and seven and eight. And then... Um, what the doctors have under conversation, whether it's Rexall or others, um, is another 21. And that's just building, right? I mean, you know, we could have this conversation one month from now, and uh, that pipeline number is going to be bigger. All right. So that's, that's, that's exactly why I brought that up. 2022. The way I look at Empire right now is you're now, it's, you're now off the starting block. Yeah, you're now off the starting block and you're running, and you know the starting block is the hardest, right? Getting off the starting block is hardest. Sure it is. On it, you're there. Now that you're running, let's talk about 2022. And I'm not gonna obviously I can't ask you for projections <laughs> or things like that, but yeah, given what you've been able to pull off for the end of 2021, and it's not over yet. We're still in the first week of November, so we're yeah. not even close to being done yet. Um, what is what should shareholders look forward to in 2022? Is this is that the Usain Bolt acceleration? Is that, is that when you hit the, you know, you're off the starting block and then you hit that that acceleration phase around 40, 50 meters? Uh, I mean, as an analogy, I, I would I guess I would say yes. You know, we you know we're not going to slow down. And I think one of the big things I've talked about it previously, but um, you know, don't lose sight of the fact that you know, I'll be turning my attention, um, particularly on the acquisition front, back into the US markets. Um, although we're adjusting what our current footprint looks like and our current you know, sort of clinic you know, service model from the, the old types of services to what our, our new profile looks like, we are absolutely going to turn our attention to opportunities uh, in the US. We've got a really nice game plan running uh, in Canada now. I think we really know what we're doing. We're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're executing on our, our, our organic growth. 
We continue to get great opportunities come our way on acquisitions in the Canadian market. And I would expect that that will continue in 2022 as well. But we really need to expand into that huge U.S. market um, and really look at um, the, you know, the acquisition opportunities that are out there. And we expect to have, you know, the runway, the capital runway as we go into 2022 to be able to do all of this. And the nice thing about these clinic openings is they become cash flow positive, you know, virtually right away. You know, there's just because we have such a large patient roster in these communities, because we're leveraging our uh, pharmacy angle, pharmacy alignment, pharmacy partnership, we have a cost structure in our clinic locations that are different than most. And uh, we, we really see it translate to incredible value going forward. And if we take that same kind of thesis and mandate and apply it to other larger markets, um, we have a model for tremendous long-term success, which not only drives you know, nice top-line revenue in the, in the way that we're doing it, but if our operating costs and the largest operating costs will be facilities combined with our, our labor, but our labor you know, is really um, uh, a percentage of billable revenue that comes in. So you, you, know, you really don't get offside on that. On oh, that it's variable. You, right. if you, it's variable. You're not hiring on five people unless you need five people. So. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And uh, it's just the nature of having medical doctors and pra practitioners you know, that you manage. Um, and so I, I think that everybody should take comfort that you know, the, the, the forecast of our 2022 annualized revenue stream based on these clinic openings it's real now. And if you, if you look back on our financial footprint historically, you can't even use that as a baseline of what's going to happen in the future. No. Not at all. And our job right now is continuing to tell that story of shift and change. And you know, one of the activities that are taking place right now, so we're going to be able to file our third quarter financials um, quite soon. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be very early. Um, our, our deadline's November 30th, and we'll be much, much in advance of that. But I'm taking the opportunity to really upgrade our narrative in our MDNA to make sure it's a reflection of what we're going to look like going forward and not a reflection of what we've came, where we've come from. And, you know, people need to realize that this third quarter financial becomes the living document, you know, on CDAR and Edgar for the next five months because we get into the audit season in the new year and we won't see you know, fourth quarter and full year financials until towards you know, end of April. So we have to be cognizant as a company that this public filing of the third quarter is really the living document for the next five months. And so I'm taking the opportunity to make sure our storytelling reflects what we're going to look like in 2022. And by the way, okay, I'm a, and I'm going to quit, take a quick diversion there. Sure. And then come back because I want to talk about U.S. I really want to talk more about that. But I've seen uh, on, uh, you know, on Agoracom, on our Twitter, for example, a couple people say, hey, we got these two acquisitions taking place. Are we, we're in November. Are we going to close these here in Q4 and then have the same problems that we did last year? Uh, because we made mm. those two great acquisitions, right? You, you, you did. You yeah. Know. So, I mean, as, what, as we look at, as, as we look at our, our current phase of due diligence with both transactions, 
and uh, really the process of getting to definitive agreements and closing, and also tax considerations for the parties that we are acquiring, um, it will be more prudent for these transactions to close on January 1st than say December 31st. Nice. Um, we just think that for tax reasons for them, just looking at our timing window, um, and if, if, if they defer or roll over to January, then they don't fall, fall into the 2021 audit. And so it's, it's, there's a few reasons that it's probably prudent. Um, that'll be, you know, whatever January 1st through January 5th or 8th or 10th, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but we've set the expectations with the parties, um, with, our, with our council on both sides. So as I sit right now and I look at it, um, that seems to be the sort of timing window that we think we're going to work towards. But and that that's that's good news. <clears throat> the last thing you want is to be a victim of your own success. By having yeah, deals yeah, we have to, you know, we have to pay attention to where we are and, you know, make, you know, make some good choices and decisions about this. Um, and, and, and that's what we do. We're thoughtful. You know, we're thoughtful about what we're doing. We, we try to communicate, you know, openly and early with, you know, whatever parties we're engaged with and set the right expectations. So going back now, so that's great. Yeah. I want to make sure, because since we're on topic, I said, let's divert for a second. This U.S. growth that, we, that, that you're expecting for, for 2022. So I guess safe to assume the two doctors and the team can take care of Canada now. Yes. Clearly, even if it means expand to other provinces like Alberta and, and, you've, actually, and you've actually mentioned some other provinces. And yes. Places. What do you, generally speaking, what do you think your strategy is for the U.S.? Because it's a big country. So are you, you going to acquire four, five clinics in Texas, open three clinics in Florida, just, or are you going to try and go regional where you're saying, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll move northeastern seaboard or west coast, or is it too early to tell you just know you're going there? So, um, I mean, I think it's a little bit too early to identify <clears throat> or comment on specific targets. Um, I would say that it will probably feel or the approach will feel more regional. Um, again, you know, we, we have to be cognizant of as we roll up um, very fragmented markets, we have to be careful to not be all over the map, um, literally and figuratively, um, that it becomes a management nightmare. Um, and well, that's why I asked because yeah, and so the U.S. In, is a big country. Yeah, and, and I you know I was I was witness to this and participant you know of it in my you know in my Penske Automotive days when you know we were rolling up you know car dealerships. Um, it really uh, doing one-offs in you know remote regional locations for the sake of doing a one-off ends up becoming you know, a real burden from a management standpoint. And that burden translates into expense. So, you know, we have to be, again, thoughtful and prudent. Um, the, the regional approach makes sense. We're already having, you know, very interesting conversations with some significant healthcare experts, um, real seasoned, experienced people um, in, in tremendous markets in the U.S. And, and really, you know, starting to advance that pipeline and let that, you know, let the U.S. market know that our public company, you know, are open for business. Um, we are looking for expansion targets. We, we are good at uh, M&A. Um, we're good at deal flow. Um, we're also known for execution. You know, if we get involved and, and the terms work out, what we're known for is taking that 
term sheet and you know that non-binding letter of intent structure and translating it into a close. Uh, barring you know any unforeseen due diligence things that may come up, but generally speaking, if we start, we get it done. <clears throat> are you are? Can you comment on this? Are you knowing you? <clears throat> are you already looking? Like, are you already looking at some specific things in the U.S.? Or yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know we're looking at clinic, you know, health center type um, opportunities. Uh, we're looking at tech opportunities. Um, you know, we are not losing sight of the importance of healthcare technology assets that could be accretive to the, you know, everything that we're doing in the public company. And, um, but you have to, you know, you just have to look at deals and you have to, you have to try to look at a lot of them. Um, and, and not all of them make sense. Sometimes they might make sense, but the valuation, you know, ask doesn't make sense. Um, and, you know, but we're, we're pretty good, you know, as I've said before, I've got a, I've got a methodology on looking at deals. Um, I've got a process that I follow. Um, I tend not to deviate from that, that process. And I, I think that it serves us well. And um, so I think, you know, you know, everybody should be aware that, you know, I've, I've absolutely, you know, got my sights, you know, getting back into the US markets um, having a lot of really interesting conversations already um, so that as I get into 2022, you know, we can start, you know, nailing some new opportunities in, in these great markets. Well, you're making me look good because I keep telling the same, I keep saying the same thing. And I'm pretty sure I said a few times at the opening, <clears throat> Steve doesn't know how to play small ball. Oh, gosh, no, 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 no. When it, we can't, we can't just sit idly by. We, you know, we are, we are nowhere near our objectives for the future. We, we have made a lot of changes, uh, some shifts, some pivots. We continue to make sure that we clean up, you know, our back office. Um, we are filling gaps, you know, organizationally. Uh, I want us to look and feel and behave like a NASDAQ listed company, you know, long before we get there. Uh, and that's what will give us the best opportunity to succeed when that uplist opportunity comes along and we pull the trigger on it. You just love dropping that in. It's because you know what, you know, you're going to bring me right in task. So you got, <laughs> it almost seems like you've got a Gantt chart sitting somewhere, which has Canada, US, actually should be here, Canada, US, and then NASDAQ and uplisting and so on and so forth. So you've already got that all mapped out. Yeah, we do. You know, we, we, <clears throat> We've been working on this. I've been working on this, not just now in 2021. I started thinking about this and working on it back in 2019. And we have made technical structural changes that allow us when the time is right to be eligible. Cause you have to tick all these boxes in order to be ready. Um, you don't just sort of knock on the door of something like a NASDAQ and say, okay, well, you know, what about us? Uh, you know, there's a lot of technical work and structural work that must be in place to meet the guidelines when you apply to the exchange for that uplist. So we meet all the guidelines. Um, ex with the exception right now, we don't um, have the, the share price threshold. I hope we get there organically when the time is right. Um, but there again, there are some technical things that we can do to, you know, be ready um, for that, you know, checking that box if we need to. We meet all the registration accounting guidelines, you know, 
Um, uh, you know, we already do our financials to PCAOB standards and uh, IFRS. So, you know, we're, 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 take, we're thoughtfully taking the steps to prepare. But organizationally, you know, we're not quite ready, but we're not far off and we're going to keep getting ourselves ready so that when the time is right, when the markets are right, uh, when our environment is right, um, we, as I can make a recommendation to our board and uh, that the time is ready to go and, and we'll pull the trigger on it. I love the fact that you, it, it's almost clear as day watching you and I think people can pick it up. You've already got it all mapped out. We do. You've we got it we, mapped I, out. You know what needs to be done and what still needs to be done. And yes. when that day comes, when that zero day comes, you're going to have all the boxes checked. So that's yeah. that's exciting. That And that's yeah. why I want to have this conversation about, about 2022. And I know you can't be more specific and for everyone home, trust me, I want to... I'd love to drill down more and see, but I also know where my limits are in terms of exchange regulations and all that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's great to know that there's a plan. That's there is, uh, there's absolutely has to be a plan. You, you, you can't, this just doesn't happen. You know, you, you have to be incredibly thoughtful, very, you know, process oriented. You have to fill these gaps. Um, we have to have the board structure. We have to have the team structure, the leadership structure in place um, to, to, to get there. And our goal is not just to get there, but our goal is to thrive when we get there. There's a reason that we want to go to these larger markets. And that is that we can access the 10 times larger investor base uh, in the U.S. markets, the institutional investor base that is so much more significant. Uh, and so we're having these conversations already. Uh, I'm talking with New York uh, and, and, and the, the bankers in New York. Uh, again, laying groundwork, getting feedback, um, not trying to do this in isolation and, and really looking at best practices and, and how do we position ourselves early and get on people's radar early that, you know, we're an up and comer, but we're coming. And so pay attention to us now because uh, we believe we deserve to be there and thrive when we get there. And I think that's going to be your rightful place. <laughs> just yeah. gonna, you know, you're great. Like the CSE is great and, can, and small cap exchanges are great, but you know, you're like a startup CEO that's already had a successful exit. Then you start again in Silicon Valley but you know you're going to end up on the NASDAQ and uh, that's definitely your rightful place. Let's last question for you, which is yeah. um, we don't talk about MetaSure a lot. Uh, yeah. And but they seem like they're hitting it out of the park over there, right? Um, they are really... How, how happy you are with the progress they're making such a short amount of time under... Yeah, you know what? We're, I could not be more thrilled with what's going on at MetaSure. Uh, we're just over 90 days. Um, their uh, performance is already greater than we even anticipated, uh, than we forecast. Um, they've come off, uh, I guess we're November, they've come off a, a really nice uh, month in October, um, really kicking off the fourth quarter, um, uh, accelerating. Uh, we see them already fitting into our culture in, in, in such a great way. We have already started to leverage their incredible um, Health Canada expertise, their uh, medical device expertise, 
um, their warehousing and uh, uh, distribution capabilities. We've shifted all of our Chi care um, uh, inventory to their warehouse uh, to manage. We're um, distributing um, our rapid antigen test kits that we're selling in Canada now um, through them. Um, we just placed another order uh, for a full pallet um, of rapid antigen test kits because our pharmacy partners um, are purchasing like crazy. And so um, they're just fitting in culturally. Uh, they in their own right are performing. And I think uh, as we begin to diversify kind of their product set, um, we start to get them into, you know, the U.S. markets with FDA approvals um, in 2022. Um, I think they're going to be a really interesting division of ours, and I could not be more thrilled with the, the leadership that uh, Mario uh, and his brother Roberto are showing, not just for MediSure, but within the leadership of the public company. And that's what I was really hoping to get from them, and I'm, I'm seeing it already. Well, we had a great conversation uh, in Etobicoke, and, um, and I can tell you, they, they know what they're doing, and yeah. they love being inside the empower team at the same time it's the it's the it's the booster rocket they needed to take their to their business like and look october they they are selected to provide diabetes management solutions for british columbia's first nations communities they have to do a pilot with care group of pharmacies yeah that, and when you when you, it struck me when you said earlier it hasn't been 90 days it seems like it's been so much longer yeah, but it hasn't. It hasn't. And that fast. And I, and yeah, I love it, it really, really is great to see. And um, I say I, I could not be more thrilled with um, how they've started. And 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 the fact that, you know, they're bringing, you know, diversity uh, to our leadership team. Um, it gives me great comfort. You know, those are these are people that I know that I can turn to and lean on and and they will jump in anywhere they 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 are willing to jump into any anything that we ask them to do so it's uh it's great to have that uh, leadership experience and performance mindset that's what i like about them they're 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 hungry as anybody i've seen and uh they just get things done they get it right get things done perform and execute steve this has been a great uh great way to end off the week it's friday uh, and we'll be releasing this uh, after the close. And I'm sure shareholders are going to be watching and listening to this over the entire weekend. But awesome and even better is the fact that we're all going to be seeing each other again uh, here. Very soon. And or December, we're all going to be seeing each other face to face. So uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. And thanks for giving us a really nice outlook on, on, on your Gantt chart organization plan for 2022. Sounds very exciting and can't wait to see it uh, come to Good. fruition. Good, George. Thank you. Thank you for the time. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Steve McCauley, the CEO of Empower Clinics, CBDT in Canada, EPWCF in the U.S. For those of you who are new to the story and still we're bringing on new shareholders all the time, uh, start your due diligence at Agoracom, get to the profile page because this is a big moving, integrated, uh, world-class health company now. And, and there's a lot to learn. And then from there, link right over the Empower Clinics website to do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. To all the OGs, to all the loyal shareholders that have been here uh, all through 2021, even back 2020. Uh, it was great seeing you guys uh, in, uh, in Etobicoke. 
And thanks for joining us. Hopefully you really love what you heard today from Steve. Make sure we see you November, December. Bye. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.